0: Content warning! The following program may contain descriptions of violence that may be upsetting to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The upper left corner of the United States is full of stunning scenery. Beautiful mountains, raging rivers, breathtaking valleys, and so much more. But the Pacific Northwest is also known for something more sinister. This beautiful land also seems to be a breeding ground for serial killers and others who commit heinous acts. I was born in the Pacific Northwest and I've had a fascination with true crime since childhood. I'm here to tell you the true crime stories of the PNW. So grab your sweater and a cup of coffee. I'm your host, Emily, and this is the upper left corner. Intensified for a fugitive in the woods north of Elum, The T- Kittitas County Sheriff's Office is trying to track down Jorge Alcantara Gonzalez. They believe he may know what happened to Ian Eccles, a hunter from Kent reported missing more than a week ago. Today, more than a dozen agencies, including the FBI and Border Patrol, are looking for this fugitive that they consider to be armed and dangerous. so many questions as to what happened to Ian Eccles, the missing hunter. That's what family wants to know. Law enforcement believes that catching this fugitive may just shed some light on where Ian Eccles went. A man they say loved the outdoors but loved becoming a grandfather even more. He's got a grandkid at home. That's what he was looking forward to. He was out there for turkey. Hey Upper Left Corner listeners, I have a developing case today and the victim's family needs some help that I know some of my listeners can provide. As it's a developing case with a lot of information missing, this is going to be a shorter episode with the information that we do know now and a call to action to help bring some answers to the family. First, let's get our PNW town profile. Liberty is a small, unincorporated community located in central Washington in Kittitas County. Liberty was a gold mining camp after the discovery of gold in the Swat Creek area in 1873 and is notable for producing specimens of crystalline gold. Eventually, the gold deposits in the area began to dwindle and people left the town to seek their fortunes elsewhere. However, the town still has a smaller population of residents today, but it is referred to as a living ghost town. Liberty was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1974. To this day, there is still some gold found around Liberty, and mining activity is continued. And now, on to our story. Today, I'll be telling you about Ian Eccles and what you can do to help this open case. My hope is to be able to do a follow-up episode someday and have every loose end tied up for this family. Ian Eccles was born in 1978 to parents Sherry and Steve Eccles. He was the second of three children, with an older brother named Nathan and a little sister named Stephanie. I spoke with Stephanie for this episode, and she is the source for a lot of my information for this episode, but I also have other sources listed, as always, in my show notes and on my website. I extended an invitation to Stephanie or anyone in the Eccles family to be a guest on this episode, but they declined as this case began unfolding less than a year ago, and it's obviously fresh and very emotional to talk about. But I do want to thank Stephanie and her parents for their participation in this episode by sending information and answering any questions I had. Stephanie described Ian's life to me starting with his childhood. He was the middle child and that was hard on him. He kind of didn't have a place as far as fitting in and used goofing off and humor to get attention. When he was a kid, he had a few childhood accidents, including a time that he stepped on hot coals at the river that someone just covered instead of putting out. And one time, he got his foot caught in the spokes of a bicycle, which caused an injury that kept him out of school for a while, and caused him to be held back in the first grade. In middle school, he was described as mischievous, but a very hard worker. He mowed lawns from a young age to make money. Coming from a family that didn't have a lot, he learned from an early age that if he wanted something, he had to work for it, and that continued throughout his whole life. During his high school years, he was in an alternative program where he discovered his love for making stained glass windows, and he was good at it. He also had a job cleaning trains, and he met a guy named Randy who became like a second father to him. While his dad loved him, he wasn't into hunting or fishing as much as Randy, and he spent most of his time providing for his family. Randy took him hunting and fishing, and Ian became an excellent outdoorsman. He found a love for being out in the woods and spent countless nights camping in them with his friends. At his alternative school, he met a girl who would go on to be the mother of his child. When they were very young, around 18 or 19, they welcomed a daughter that was the light of his life, but the relationship with her mother didn't work out and that was really hard on him. He had a rough go with other relationships in his 20s and he had a hard time trusting after that. He had other hard things happen to him in his 20s that Stephanie says broke him, and this was the worst time in his life emotionally. He decided to get away by working out of town and began traveling around installing granite into new hotels. He hadn't traveled much up to that point, and so this was really great for him. He then met a woman who he moved to Seattle to be with, and Stephanie says that she was the best thing for Ian, and these were some of the happiest years of his life. He had a home, a dog, a good woman, all of the things he had always wanted. And the cherry on top was that his daughter was able to live with him, which meant the world to him. She was his everything. He valued his family over everything else in the world. On Sunday, May seventeenth, 2020, 41-year-old Ian Eccles left his home in Kent, Washington, driving his Toyota FJ Cruiser to meet up with some friends to go turkey hunting near Liberty, Washington. His friends began to worry when he hadn't shown up, and figuring he may have gotten lost, began to search for him. Ian was an experienced hunter and very familiar with the area, so when he didn't show up by midday, they were concerned. Cell service is spotty at best in that area, so making contact to confirm if maybe he had stayed home was difficult while they were on the hunt. But the next day, when they hadn't heard from him and he hadn't arrived at work, his friends and family knew something was seriously wrong. His family wasn't super alarmed until this point because he enjoyed spending time alone in the woods, hiking, hunting, or fishing to clear his mind, and there had been times in the past where he had been hard to reach because of it. But they knew when he missed work, something wasn't right. They made contact with the Kittitas County Sheriff's Office at that time, and the Sheriff's Office sent out a search and rescue team alongside Ian's friends and family to search the area that he was expected to arrive that day, but nothing turned up immediately. At the time, it was unknown if he even made it to the area. For all anyone knew, he could have been missing from Kent or anywhere in between. But cell phone data placed Ian in the Cleelum area on May 16th, as he had planned, and surveillance footage from a nearby convenience store showed him making a purchase. The last activity from his phone was at the intersection of Highway 10 and Highway 970, which if you're familiar with the area, that's about where you lose service when you head over Pass. As they were searching, Ian's friends spotted his FJ Cruiser being driven by someone who was not Ian on Forest Service Road 9738. This triggered the investigation to shift from search and rescue to a more urgent investigation. Deputies later found Ian's car parked next to another stolen car, and as they approached the vehicles, they saw a man take off running into the heavily wooded forest, and though they chased him, he got away. Evidence found inside Ian's vehicle led detectives to believe Ian was deceased, and this kicked off the largest manhunt in Kittitas County history. Multiple agencies assisted in the search, and evidence in the vehicles pinpointed a man named Jorge Alcantara Gonzalez as Ian's killer. He was also wanted for multiple homicides from King and Lewis Counties. The stolen car that was parked next to Ian's was registered to an 80-year-old Fall City woman who had been found dead in her home on May 11th. When she was discovered, the coroner believed she had died around six weeks earlier due to the advanced state of decomposition and due to no signs of trauma, her body was cremated without an autopsy. Her Ford Expedition matched the description of a vehicle involved in two burglaries in Kittitas County in April. They recovered firearms, a bow and arrow, tools, trail cameras, ammunition, food, and flashlights, as well as a Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife parking pass that was registered to Ian, as well as the keys to his car. They also found Alcantara Gonzalez's wallet with his driver's license and Ian's driver's license, credit, and debit cards. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Do you love trying new teas? How about supporting a PNW-based company? Then treat yourself to a cup of Plum Deluxe. From bold caffeinated blends to relaxing herbal teas, incredible dessert teas, or fun floral flavors, there's a delicious tea just waiting for you. Every blend is made fresh in-house using only the highest quality ingredients and carefully crafted recipes. They also have a popular tea of the month club, which gets you free shipping and other amazing perks. I've tried several different types of their teas, and so far my favorite is the Oregon Breakfast Black Tea, followed by my runner-up Portland Rose City Chai. Each packet of this tea tells you exactly what's in it and is shipped from Oregon. So if you would like to view the wide array of teas, visit plumdeluxecom left and use the VIP code UpperLECT to save twelve percent on your first order today. Plum Deluxe Tea also makes a great gift. That's PlumDeluxe.com. Your business deserves the same expertise as that of a Fortune 500 company. If you need a CIO-level service, why hire a full-time staff member at $250,000 a year when you can get this on-demand service for fractions of the cost? As your CIO on demand, we'll give you the steps you need to take so as to minimize interruption to your business and profitability and provide you and your business with training and education to prevent future attacks. To get an efficiency review for your business today, contact us at www.ee-services.com. And now back to the story. For weeks to come, the search intensified, and evidence of burglary at nearby cabins, a general store, and campsites in the Mineral Springs area were assumed to be linked to Alcantara Gonzalez, who was stealing food and supplies to survive. The authorities made the call to close down a majority of the Tianaway community forest to protect the public, as they knew the suspect was desperate and violent. Campgrounds, hiking trails, and other recreational areas were closed. They also had to pull many of the volunteer search and rescue members, including human and cadaver dogs, who were responsible just for searching for Ian, as it was dangerous for them if they should encounter the suspect. So the search at this time was done by mostly the police looking for the suspect. 23 days into the massive manhunt, on Sunday, June 14th, a Tianaway area resident was walking in his neighborhood and saw someone who looked like Alcantara Gonzalez inside a neighbor's house. Deputies, U.S. Forest Service, and Fish and Wildlife officers responded and surrounded the home and called for him to come out. He complied with their orders and was taken into custody under suspicion of homicide and multiple other offenses including burglaries, thefts, and possession of stolen vehicles. Sheriff Clay Myers said, The arrest of Jorge Alcantara concludes an uncertain and dangerous time for our county, especially for residents of the affected area. We are deeply grateful for the assistance of the residents of the Liberty and Tianaway areas, who have been constantly supportive throughout this time. We can now turn our attention to the successful prosecution of the crimes this suspect has committed, and most urgently, to finding and recovering the body of Ian Eccles and giving his family peace. The Eccles family believes that Ian was at the wrong place at the wrong time and encountered evil. Authorities have found many camps that the accused had set up all over the area where the manhunt occurred, and he was able to see the highway from some of these spots, as well as who was driving into the camp. Ian was alone and was the exact height and weight as the accused, and he likely saw him as a target, with a bonus that he could possibly wear his clothes and shoes. The accused to this day claims he is a thief but not a murderer, and that he had just found Ian's FJ Cruiser abandoned and never encountered Ian. He claims that the other stolen vehicle found at the scene, the Ford Expedition that belonged to 80-year-old Nancy Holst, was given to him by Nancy as a gift for cleaning it out. Which, interesting that both of these gifts were given by people who ended up deceased. Ian was known to sleep in the back of his car during camping, hunting, and fishing, and the back seats were down when the vehicle was recovered in the arrangement Ian typically used when camping out in it. Unfortunately, there was also evidence that proved Ian was no longer alive, but there was also evidence that he put up a hell of a fight. Stephanie says Ian was a fighter, he was tough and he knew his way around weapons, and he would have fought for his life until the very end, and it appears that he did. There was evidence of bullets going in and exiting out the back of the vehicle. Stephanie says, quote, it would have taken a fatal shot to put him down. He had outlaw tattooed on his side for a reason. It's fitting with his tattoo, but absolutely devastating that he went out in a gunfight. So now that we know the details of where the case is at, here is what the Eccles family needs help with. Since Alcantara Gonzalez is still claiming his innocence, and at this current time the prosecutor is working with a no-body homicide case, the family and the sheriff's office is requesting assistance in their search in this popular recreational area. He is currently being held on 8 other counts including burglary, possession of a stolen vehicle, and identity theft while the homicide investigation is taking place. If you or someone you know plans to recreate in the central Washington area and you find yourself in the area of Liberty or Tianaway or anywhere near, please keep an eye out for things that are out of place. This area is great for hiking, hunting, mushroom picking, rock hounding, or recreating, so please keep your eyes open to things buried or hidden away in the woods or hollow tree stumps. Things of interest to the investigation include fishing equipment, abandoned tents or campsites, abandoned mountain bikes, clothes, weapons, human remains, or anything that seems suspicious or out of place should be reported to KITCOM. Their phone number is 509-925-8534, and they will be able to dispatch the proper authorities to investigate. I'm sure if you've listened to enough true crime podcasts, you know, but I'll reiterate, don't touch or move anything you find that is suspicious. Just call the authorities and let them investigate. I have the number for KITCOM in my show notes. This is an excellent time of year to look as the weather gets nicer, so please keep an eye out if you are in the area. And that is the ongoing case of Ian Eccles. I would like to thank the Eccles family for their participation in this episode. I'll be back in two weeks to tell you all about a PNW serial killer. This week's wine I paired with my true crime is Bergevin Lane Moonspell Cabernet Sauvignon out of Walla Walla. I found this awesome website called reversewinesnob.com, which reviews wines that won't break the bank. I'm not a fancy person, so this was right up my alley. After reading the review for this wine, I decided I had to find myself a bottle. So here we go. Bergevin Lane Moonspell Cabernet Sauvignon starts with the aroma of black cherry and plums, with lots of vanilla, a little leather, and a little cedar. With dark berry fruit, this wine tastes smooth and silky. It ends with a dry, savory, very long, and slightly tannic finish with lingering vanilla, licorice, and chocolate. Thank you to the Reverse Wine Snob for the recommendation. It was great. Upper Left Corner, a PNW true crime podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star rating and review and share it with a friend. All of the sources for this episode are listed in the show notes and at upperleftpodcast.com. While you are there, check out the Support Victim Causes tab to find the way you can help the victim's families or take a peek at my merch. You can follow me on Instagram at upperleftcornerpod. If you have a case suggestion or a PNW wine recommendation, please email me at upperleftpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your support.